0: Welcome to SYP Oxford podcast. I'm Charlotte, your host, and today I'm here with senior lecturer from Oxford Brookes University, Beverly. Hi, Beverly. How are you?
1: Hi, Charlotte. I'm very well, thanks. How about you?
0: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. So you're here this week and you're going to talk to us a bit about um, publishing masters and publishing degrees. So could you give us a general overview of what your publishing course at oxford brooks looks like sure
1: i mean we have um, we're well, quite unusual in that we run both undergraduate and master's degrees in publishing and we also run a distance learning course so i'll just briefly give you um, some information about each of them they're all pretty industry focused by the way which more later so we have an undergraduate course um, a new course actually in media journalism and publishing And that gives an overview of the creative industries and students can specialise in specific publishing modules if preferred, for example children's publishing. Um, We're recruiting really well for that and we're just finishing off our BA honours in publishing course which is focused specifically on publishing um, where we have about again 50 students um, graduating at some points in the future Um, and we have lots of opportunities in our undergraduate course which we share with the master's course including an opportunity to uh, go abroad for a year on an exchange trip. Um, we also have our masters in publishing, which we teach both on campus and by distance learning, and we have an MA in digital publishing. And we have had up to sort of seventy-five students a year, but a big course combined. Um, within the masters, we've got a, a large range of modules, um, and there's a once you've covered compulsory modules in the first semester, which would be editorial, sales and marketing, design, production. can then in your second semester focus on optional modules everything from magazines to multi-platform publishing to creative writing because we've got a lot of staff um, i did a rough count the other day i think we've got about 12 staff and we also have a a pool of associate lecturers we can offer a range of courses depending on our specialities we all can also offer part-time for the masters and that's quite good for um, people who are working and perhaps can't afford to give their job up, but can take the master's part-time. Um, associated with the course, we have an industry advisory board, and they advise us on key trends and also course changes. When we revalidated our undergraduate course, we involved them, we sent them the modules, we wanted to make sure it was bang on relevant for the industry. And we've also got international partnerships with a university in Amsterdam. Uh, and we we are the only um, university in the country which hosts a Confucius Institute, a Chinese Institute for Learning and Knowledge, which focuses specifically on publishing. So we've got loads going on um, on the Chinese events front and with our links
0: with China. Wow, that uh, all sounds very very impressive. I, I hadn't, I didn't know so much about, about uh, the Oxford Books program. Um, from your perspective as a as a lecturer, how would you say a publishing degree? best prepares publishing hopefuls for a job in the industry?
1: Well, whether it's undergraduate or master's, what it does do is it gives you an overview of all the roles and you can hit the ground running when you start work. I remember when I started publishing many years ago, I started in sales and then I moved to editorial, but I never really knew about production and design and marketing. I sort of had to pick it up along the way, whereas you would get um, both theoretical and practical experience on the course in all of these areas. And we cover things like proofreading, InDesign, report writing, a lot of emphasis on data research and analysis now. They also produce prototype projects and digital and commissioning projects. So we have quite a practical emphasis, um, including new modules on writing, which are be very popular, storytelling, fiction and nonfiction. So you have that overview, you come off the course knowing what kind of what roles mean. We also offer quite a lot of contacts and networking opportunities, including work experience, which I'm, I'm jointly in charge of. And we have a module on work experience. We also offer opportunities throughout the year, including international opportunities. And one of my remits was to expand this to make it more regional throughout the country um, and to, at the moment, actively reach out to get some online virtual opportunities going. We're very fortunate. We have loads of guest speakers and they help with jobs and work experience. and and answer questions for dissertations, and we're very lucky with that. We've also got a big alumni publishing group, um, over 700 alumni who we can call on for advice, and who often come back and and give lectures. I mean, there's no escape from us once you've joined us. Um, So the focus is very international here, which I think is important for publishing. And we have this Chinese link. There's the opportunity for students to learn Chinese. Um, We also run trips to Frankfurt, Bologna and Beijing. Sadly, Bologna and Beijing have been postponed this year because of COVID, but we hope to resurrect them next year. And we also have access to lots of volunteering opportunities. For example, we're asked by the London Book Fair to provide 25 students a day to help help host and and, uh, help at seminars. One thing I'm really proud of is that we're, we're sandwiched between Oxford University and Cambridge University at the moment, as a university where most students are employed in publishing, um, so they, they're looking at our courses and thinking they're relevant. Um, so that's that's very pleasing. And, and and finally, I think you know the courses are taught by practitioners and writers. So um, all of us have worked in the industry. Um, several of my colleagues are. Uh, successful writers my colleague sarah franklin has a new novel out in the autumn angus phillips our head of center is a leading writer in publishing matters so we've got a sort of practitioner base as well i mean i could go on but probably i've said enough
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's all super super helpful so obviously this time for students is a bit unnerving with the coronavirus uh, pandemic disrupting the end of university and the future looking a little bit a little bit more unsure. What advice would you give um to students or anyone really um, about what they what can be done at home to maximize their progress for for young publishing hopefuls?
1: Well, first of all, my, my absolute sympathy goes out to all of the young people who are trying to get into publishing at the moment. And, and post-COVID, um, it was very difficult for our students. They managed brilliantly to finish their courses. And I would say to students finishing courses, make sure you, you look at all the online content that's been given to you and all the top tips because it's up there and use it while you're still at the university. For example, we've just put up some slides about you know, how to ace a video interview and more support about our CVs and cover letters. But I think for anybody, um, say you're not a student perhaps, you know, use the time. Um, if you do have the time, if unfortunately you've been furloughed or if you're still looking for a job, get your CV in order, really pay some attention to that. Get your LinkedIn profile sorted, make sure it's, it's up to date. Um, apply for online experience, use any contacts you have. Online experience where content is generated, it may not be core publishing, but it could be where publishing skills are needed. Listen to all the podcasts and the webinars that are out there. At the moment, there's an amazing amount of free material um, available. A lot of the children's publishers, for example, have put resources, free resources online. The bookseller and publishing perspectives feeds, always good to keep an eye on what's happening. Brooks itself, um, Oxford Books, we have our own YouTube channel, which is available for anybody to access Oxford Books Publishing and we're interviewing publishers at the moment, and we've just put one up yesterday with Nosy Crow. Um, We've also got an alumni, Flavia, who runs a website called Publishing Insight, where she interviews professionals. So maybe try and do one a day, just try and keep up to date with what's happening. I would also say research publishers in the areas where you want to work, so you've got a good market knowledge when applying. Think about the key publishers and look at what they're doing. Try and get some experience writing on social media and on blogs. Follow Twitter debates. I mean, Twitter is very lively at the moment with the book of controversy and everything that's been spoken about regarding diversity. Look at Instagram promotions. There's an awful lot going on in social media. Um, And finally, I would say keep an open mind. You know, a lot of the skills, publishing skills are transferable. For jobs which might not seem to be core, But wherever content is produced, you will need publishing type skills.
0: That all sounds incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. Um, And I think uh, a lot of students as well are thinking potentially a lot of what's going on in this pandemic is affecting them very negatively. Um, But how can students turn the negatives of the lockdown into positives, specifically when they're writing cover letters and CVs?
1: Sure. I mean, first of all, don't worry if you don't feel you've achieved loads and loads in lockdown. There's this great um, pressure on everybody, I think, to feel, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm at home and I'm not working and I I must list many, many achievements. Not so, but just show that you've made good use of your time. For example, volunteering. You may have been um, helping with the COVID response, volunteering, helping. That's a good, that's clearly a good thing to say you've done. I would say, have you attended any of the virtual literary festivals? For example, Hey on Why? Um, and I know £10 is a lot of money, but for £10, you can actually subscribe to every single digital um, podcast on the hay on Why and get up to date with what people are saying. I would say try and read a range of material. Um, what about some free online courses? I mean, I wasn't aware until recently, in terms of coding, there, there are from some free edX courses from MIT and Harvard, which you can do online, basic coding. So I think to show you've done something like that would show you've got a bit of something about you. But it's not really the the quantity, it's more the quality.
0: Very wise words. And obviously coming out of the pandemic, there are fewer jobs advertised at the moment and looking forward, uh, some, there probably might be fewer in the future. And with even greater competition for each position, how can... Applicants um, brush up even more on their skills before submitting their application. Yes, I mean, great question. I, there's
1: no doubt about it; these are challenging times, but there are still going to be jobs out there, and our students are starting to get jobs, which is marvellous. Um, so, what I would say three key points here. I would say emphasize what you personally have to offer. Make sure that the job specifications that you look at are rigorously, forensically examined and match what they're looking for to your skills and experience. That's really important. I would also say practice interviews, you know, video interviews, for example. They could be quite scary at first, but have a go. Even if, you've got no, if you have no chance for a job, just apply. Maybe practice doing interviews with, with your friends, with your peers, with your lecturers at university, for example, because people are going to be interviewed on video now, and there are some top tips there to kind of get over. Um, Finally, I would say do your research. You know, that's always been the key with interviews, but really know the products of your company and all the recent news around them, as well as kind of key market developments. And, and the one benefit of so much online material is you are able to access that easily.
0: Yeah, definitely. there's lots of online content out there. So make sure that you keep an eye out for it. What specific trends or big changes in the industry do you think that Publishing Hopefuls should be in touch with or aware of or engaging with at this time?
1: Well, clearly, I guess we have to start with COVID um, because that's um, unfortunately going to be with us for some time. So I think you need to be in touch with the sort of free resources I've mentioned before. Um, What's happening with online selling? Uh, what's going to happen now that bookshops are gradually reopening? What about working from home implications? I think that could be have, could, could have quite a significance on uh, the use of office space and uh, uh, perhaps just the, the general practice of, of how we work. I mean, could this mean more jobs in the regions? It does everything have to be Southern Base, London or Oxford? Could it be that you could start a job living up in Huddersfield or Glasgow for a London publisher and work fairly effectively from there. And that could be quite a positive thing. And secondly, clearly diversity and inclusivity being a hot topic for a while, but absolutely huge at the moment with the Black Lives Matter. And publishers are really having to get their act together and address, um, address a lot of these issues. So be aware of current debates and the controversies and, and the progression of what is happening here. Internationally, post-Brexit, I'm sorry to mention the Brexit word for the first time. <laughs> um, things are going to change in terms of trade. Um, is that going to affect the publishing industry? Well, uh, I, I can't, I'm fairly optimistic, I think. We, uh, publishers do, in the UK, for example, do a lot of business with, um, with markets outside of Europe. Um, w- what's going to happen with book fairs? Are we going to have virtual book fairs from now on? Um, we, I was talking to a colleague about this today we think not we think face-to-face contact can never be can never be replaced but for some time in the future conducting business over Google Hangouts, Zoom or whatever device you're using is going to be the norm so the way we conduct business transactions is going to change and finally just really keep an eye on what people are doing online the sort of creative way that they're, they're producing content and also marketing it and uh I've been quite distracted by Instagram lately in, in lockdown. I've been very impressed with what the publishers are doing in terms of children's publishing. And I'm um, really reaching a market through that sort of avenue as opposed to traditional outlets.
0: Definitely. It's a very easy place to get, uh, to get an insight into, into what publishers are doing right now. It's uh, one of the positives, I guess, of the, of the pandemic. Uh, publishers are being forced to, to do more, more digital content. I think so.
1: Oh, there's one thing I probably should have mentioned earlier, but I can slot it in here is that when I talk to publishers and, and say, what are you looking for with applicants? A lot of them will say, we're not interested just in people who like books. What we want is people who are excited by data. And that doesn't have to be a scary word. Metadata, you know, um, sales analysis, because publishing is a commercial business. And so a, a kind of recognition recognition that, that is important um i think it is also useful to it it it's not a new trend but it's something particularly with data that's becoming more and more important
0: yeah i can com- i completely agree um as someone who works in marketing i spend a lot of time worrying about metadata and uh, discoverability and looking at looking at numbers which i never thought i would um, yeah. as we said i believe on this podcast before um never underestimate the importance of uh, microsoft excel skills
1: <laughs> definitely definitely excel absolutely and and there are lots of you know if you're feeling uh, it's something that it's actually quite useful to use every day excel or you forget but there are lots of basic online courses where you can just spruce up a little bit um and 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 why not if you've got the time to do that
0: it's definitely a skill that i that i would recommend um and what actually what kind of questions would you say that you got you get most from your students as as a lecturer about um when people come to your office hours
1: well, when they're actually on the course or when they're applying when they um when
0: when they're actually applying for for roles
1: when they're applying and, and often they bring their parents along for open days um I mean, the big emphasis is on employability and i completely get that because of the fees they're paying every year and, you know, the opportunity to have work experience whilst on the course. So um, uh, I mean, we, have, um, we have some marvellous modules such as history and cultural publishing, which are very popular, print and society. But we also have a massive emphasis on practical skills. And uh, a lot of our courses are closely modelled on, on what you would do in a real life situation. Um, and we want our graduates to go into the industry. And, and feel, oh, actually, those modules I covered actually have been quite useful. And even though I was a little bit scared of finance when I did it, I'm now applying it in, in a real-life situation. So they're asking about employability. Um, they're asking about choice. So I think it is quite important to offer flexibility because actually, as you know, I'm talking to you earlier, Charlotte, your CV is really interesting because you've moved between roles and I moved between market sectors, which I think is, is great, and so I would say to them, keep an open mind about the sort of modules you want to study, including the sort of jobs you want to do in publishing. And there's an old saying that a lot of people think they want to go into editorial, which is my area. But actually, once they start studying, they think, oh, I'm really fascinated by production and design. And I never knew marketing and sales were so amazing. So I think we encourage them to keep an open mind about that. And the key thing we say to them all um, is network, 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 which I know is something SYP do extremely well. Just get those contacts together, get your LinkedIn profile sorted. Every person you meet is a potential contact for something.
0: And no, speaking for myself, but as well for my SYP Oxford um, fellow committee members, um, we're always around if you ever want to ask any questions about, about publishing. So. Get, get on at us on Twitter and, uh, and we'll answer all your questions whenever whenever you have them. Um, I think, Charlotte, if I
1: may, I'll return to your experience because you mentioned you started out in book selling. Yes. And I think book selling is a brilliant experience for publishing. And so if you can even get a temporary job in a bookshop now they're reopening gradually, go for it because it's very highly regarded in the publishing industry and you will gain excellent experience. And it, you know you, you will get paid okay not enormously, but you will get paid and um, try for those book, book selling jobs just to just to keep you going while you're applying for publishing as well. A lot of temp- temporary jobs will hopefully start to be emerging from now on.
0: And book selling was a great start for for me. it gives you um, a great overview of every aspect of some trade publishing what what is selling and having to having to learn about all these different things that you, don't nece- you wouldn't necessarily read yourself. So that's um, yeah, definitely a very a big positive of, of, of working, working in a bookshop.
1: <laughs> uh, booksellers are very, very knowledgeable. But I always say to my students, you know, go down to Blackwells and ask questions. Make sure they're not too busy. But you know, they're so knowledgeable. They know everything. So kind of,
0: yeah, it's, it's, it's also a good career. Definitely, definitely. Well thank you so much for joining me Beverly. it's been lovely talking to you. Well
1: you're very welcome Charlotte and uh, again congratulations on the excellent work that the SYP are doing and I know a lot of our students um, joining the SYP as soon as they arrive at Brooks and they're, they're really really well looked after and so okay, keep on doing such great work.
0: Well, thank you very much, we will, we will continue to do our best. <laughs> and
1: and uh, good luck to everybody in lockdown and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come out of this and there will be jobs so keep your spirits up.
0: Excellent, perfect note to finish on. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the SYP podcast and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Don't forget to check out SYP Oxford on Twitter at SYP underscore Oxford and on our Instagram as well where we have some great mini book reviews to give you some reading inspiration while you're in lockdown keep up to date with all things SYP please sign up to our newsletter on the SYP website at thesyp.org.uk can't wait to see you guys again soon